Good evening and welcome everybody. I want to add my uh, best wishes and Christmas greetings and uh, say how glad I am that you're here to celebrate Christmas with us tonight. We are talking about Simeon this evening and uh, how he was waiting for the coming of the Christ child. The Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would see Jesus, see the Messiah before he died, and so he was just living with this, this great anticipation of that day. Speaking of waiting, one thing I've noticed about Christmas is that uh, sometimes children have sort of a hard time waiting, waiting for Christmas to come, and it's reflected in uh, some of the prayers that they pray, and it's reflected in some of the letters that, that they write. So here's a few actual letters that kids have written. Dear Santa, I've been trying to be a good boy. I would like a remote control semi-truck with a ramp. And please make my brother Robert nicer. And please bring him back when he is nicer. I love you, thank you, your friend, Brian. Here's one from a four-year-old boy. Dear Santa, I'll take anything this year because I haven't been that good. <laughs> Dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot, but here's my list. The Etch-A-Sketch Animator, two packs of number two pencils, Crayola Fat Markers, and the big gift, my own color television. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish. <laughs> Here's a couple that reflect our technological age. Uh, Santa, would you please text my dad? He has my whole list. And finally, dear Santa, for Christmas this year, I want a Droid 12-gigabyte uh, smartphone from Verizon, parentheses, that's my carrier. I have been very good. I even got on honor roll at school. Certainly, Christmas is associated with waiting, with the anticipation of the season. And in the Gospel of Luke, we come across this character who's known for his waiting. He makes his appearance in one of the final acts of the Christmas drama. His name is Simeon. He doesn't appear in any nativity scene or on many Christmas cards, but he was a significant player in the first Christmas pageant. He was waiting for something, or should I say he was waiting for someone. I'm getting ahead of my story, though, so before we look at Simeon, I want to take just a few minutes to review the last few weeks to sort of set the stage. See, the last few weeks, we have been exploring four stories where God sent holy angels to people with these special announcements. We've titled them the Call of Christmas. And here's a brief look back at the people that the angels appeared to. And by the way, these are on your sermon notes, so if you want to pull those out of your bulletin, that'll help you follow along, or you can download them on your church app as well. First, there was another man who was known for his waiting, and his name was Zechariah. Hopefully you remember Zechariah. So let's consider Zechariah and his call to prepare to prepare. Zechariah and Elizabeth had been trying to have children for years. And by this time that we read about them, they're old. Perhaps they've given up hope, at least some hope, of ever having a baby. And I want to just pause there and realize that there's perhaps some here tonight that feel very much in a similar place. Not necessarily giving up the hope of having a child, but maybe giving up hope about something that you've been longing for for a time. Maybe you've even stopped praying for something because you've all but given up that God was going to give that to you. Well, Zechariah was a priest, and one day he was chosen by lot to go into the temple in Jerusalem to offer the incense and to offer the prayers for the people. And there in the temple, while he was doing his job, 
the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that his prayers were going to be answered after all. And he gave Zechariah the call to prepare. God wanted someone to let the people know that his son was coming. And so he gave Elizabeth and he gave Zechariah this son named John, who became John the Baptist. The voice in the wilderness calling people to repentance and announcing the coming of God's son. We often think of the angel appearing to Mary as the beginning of the Christmas story, but actually the angel visited Zechariah some six months before that. So really, this is the first call of Christmas. And then second, there was Mary and her call to trust God, her call to trust. What amazing woman Mary was. Just think, she was probably 13 or 14, maybe 15 years old as we read this account. And young girls at that time weren't taught in the temple. So I'm get, but I'm guessing that Mary knew all about the prophecy of the Messiah. And still I wonder, did, did mothers in that day tell their daughters, you know, be a good girl, Mary, and, and, and just maybe God will choose you? Think about that. Someone came out of church a couple of weeks ago and asked me, you think Jesus chose Mary specifically to be his mother? What would you say? I'd never been asked that question, but I think absolutely. Jesus not only made Mary, but he chose Mary to carry him in her womb and to raise him as her child. At least that's what I think. Quite a thought. But it started when Mary encountered Gabriel, the angel, one day, and Gabriel told her that she was chosen to be the mother of the Christ child. And Mary immediately had a choice to make, the choice to believe or not to believe. When she was called, Mary didn't hesitate. Even though she had no idea really how this was all going to work, Mary said yes to God. Mary was called to trust. And then third, there was Joseph and his call to protect. His call to protect. For Joseph, the call of Christmas was something of an interruption. He had his life all planned out. He was a builder after all. I mean, as a builder, he was a planner, and he knew the plan and how to carry it out step by step, get married, have children, live a life that honors God. He had found a godly woman to be his wife, and the plan was just going just as he planned until, until it was interrupted when Mary gave him the news and he had that dream that night. Have you ever noticed that those phone calls in the middle of the night are sort of the loudest ones? They sort of shock you. They, they jolt you out of your sleep, and it's, it, right away it's like someone has some bad news and they couldn't wait till the morning. At least that's often what comes to my mind. Oh no, I wonder who it is and what's wrong. Joseph's life was interrupted and his response was, oh no. He received the call of Christmas and it was to live a different kind of life than he had planned. This would not be the life of a quiet contractor. This would be the life of protecting a woman who was highly favored by God and protecting the son she was about to give birth to. Listen, that was no small change for Joseph. That meant running from a crazy king, accepting gifts from strangers, and trying to explain why your son is so different than the other boys. That was not part of Joseph's plan, but it was part of God's plan all along. You see, when God interrupts and changes our plan, he's actually just asking us to join him in his plan for us. 
You see, that takes courage. To embrace the call of God on our lives takes courage because it often changes everything. Finally, we have the shepherds and their call to respond. The call of Christmas for the shepherds was a call to respond to what God was telling them through the angels. The shepherds weren't used to being in that position at all because they were looked down on so much in their society. They were disrespected and they were ignored by culture in their day. And the fact that God chose the shepherds at all to be the first witnesses of the birth of his son is a reminder that Jesus came for all people. Not just the rich, not just the powerful, not just the politically correct or some chosen group. Jesus came for everyone. And when they were given the chance to go and see the Christ child in Bethlehem, the shepherds were on it. I mean, they were all over it. At least once they got over that initial fear. They went out as well and they spread the good news just as we are called to do today. Well, that brings us to the final character that we're going to look at who received the call of Christmas. Today we come to Simeon and his call to welcome Jesus. His call to welcome. Have you noticed that we don't have any Simeon figurines in our manger sets? And honestly, it's a good thing because Simeon didn't meet Jesus in Bethlehem at all. He met him in Jerusalem. Please grab your Bible if you haven't already and let's turn to Luke chapter 2 where we are going to learn about Simeon. But before Simeon welcomed Jesus, the first thing we see is him waiting for him. Simeon waits for the promised Messiah, is where we begin. We're introduced to Simeon in Luke 2.25, and actually this is the one and only place in Scripture that he's mentioned at all. Here's what we read. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This really is a beautiful account of a very early event in the life of our Savior. Again, understand that 40 days have now passed roughly since the birth of Jesus. Here come Mary and Joseph into the temple grounds ready to redeem their firstborn son. There's nothing outwardly to distinguish them, no marks or signs indicating that they were anything other than just another poor young couple with their newborn. It's at this point that Simeon enters the story. And aside from what we're told here in Luke 2, we really know nothing about him. We don't know his background or his education or even his occupation. We assume that he was an old man because, as we'll see in a minute, He's going to talk about, now I'm ready to die. But we don't even know exactly how old he is. Here's how I picture Simeon. This is one artist's rendition of the event we're reading about. Little did Mary and Joseph know that when they arrived at the temple that day, that there would be this man waiting there for them. Most likely, Simeon had waited much of his life for this very moment. You see, Simeon was probably part of a group who were called the Quiet of Israel. They were this loosely organized group that rejected political action and violence. Rather, they, they, or they didn't want to get involved in any of those kind of ways to overthrow the Roman rule. So rather than that, they decided through godliness and prayer that they would prepare themselves for the coming of Messiah. So they devoted their lives to praying, 
to meditating, to reading God's word, and to waiting for the coming of the Christ child. And then please circle the word waiting in verse 25. See it there? Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting for something, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word waiting literally means this. He was alert to his appearance. He was ready to welcome somebody. It describes Simeon's expectancy, his strong anticipation. Simeon was part of a long line of waiting people. And I suggest to you tonight that one of God's favorite character growth plans is to set us in his waiting room. And so I'd ask you tonight, what are you waiting for? A couple of services ago, one little child right over here said, Christmas! <laughs> Besides Christmas, what are you waiting for tonight? Whatever it is, please welcome that wait as God's gift to develop you and to prepare you for what he has planned. By the way, verse 26 shows us that Simeon had good reason for that hope and anticipation. For it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he met the Messiah. What an incredible promise Simeon was given by God. Well, this brings us to verse 27 now. As we see Simeon responding to the leading of God's Spirit. Simeon responds to the leading of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to be in just the right place at just the right time on just the right day when Mary and Joseph came walking into the temple grounds. My guess is he'd never seen them before and they probably had never seen him before. But a divinely planned encounter was about to take place. Luke tells it this way in verse 27. And he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Now the passage continues, but I want to stop there. And I want you to notice that phrase, according to the custom of the law. According to the Old Testament scriptures, there were two possible offerings they could bring that day. If a couple had the financial means, they were to bring a one-year-old lamb. If they couldn't afford that, they were to bring either a pair of doves or a pair of pigeons. The offering was to cleanse the mother from her birth and to dedicate the child to the Lord. And their offering, being birds, indicates that they were in a state of poverty. Next we read how Simeon welcomed God's salvation. Simeon welcomes God's salvation in Jesus. So on this day, after months or maybe years or maybe even decades of waiting, Simeon walked into the temple courts and he sees this couple who had come to offer their sacrifice. They had a baby, a tiny one, just a little over a couple of months old, or about just over six weeks old, I should say. And the Holy Spirit set off this tiny alarm in Simeon's head. That's the one. That's him. Go meet him. The long days of waiting for Simeon are finally over. Can you imagine how that would have felt for him? Finally, this is the one. So he walks over to Mary and Joseph, I suppose hardly able to contain himself, introduces himself and asks to hold their baby. Put yourself in, in their shoes. Somebody you don't know comes over and asks to hold your newborn. They hesitatingly agree, and then with his own hand, Simeon holds the salvation of the world. Let's read how he welcomed the, the, God's son. 
He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Simeon breaks out in this song of praise. It's a song that's recorded for all mankind to hear. But notice that the first thing that Simeon, apparently, that comes to his mind is, Lord, I'm, now I'm ready to die. That word depart or dismiss in some translations is a military word, actually. It's used to describe a guard who has stood watch all night long during the long hours of the night. And as the sun comes up, he knows his work is done. And so he goes off to his commanding officer in order to be dismissed. This was the culmination of Simeon's life. Because the one thing that he had been living for and longing for was this moment to meet the God's Messiah. Then notice what he says next in verse 30. Simeon begins to describe who this baby really is. And he begins by saying, my eyes have seen your salvation. Your deliverance. You know, the Bible says there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Friends, there is only one way to God, one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. He alone is God's salvation. As the Apostle John would later put it, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So Simeon holds the Christ child, and he says, Here's who he is. He's the Savior of the world. And then he goes on to describe Jesus as a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Jesus came to be a light in the darkness of the evil and violence of our world. Into this dark world, stained from sin and rebellion against God, God sent his Son. And when Jesus grew up, he would declare For all to hear, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, Jesus knew exactly who he was and why he came. But perhaps the most astonishing thing that Simeon said in this song is that that Jesus would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and to your people Israel. But notice that phrase, to the Gentiles. Most of us here tonight, I suspect, are Gentiles. So please don't miss this good news for all of us. Jesus didn't just come to save his own people, the Jews. He came to save us all. He came to bless all people. And Friends, that was politically incorrect in that day. That could get a person killed. It was a theme in the Old Testament, but many of the Jews had missed it. They'd sort of brushed it aside. And so it is so significant that Simeon would point it out here as he holds the infant king. It's a reminder that God wants a relationship with all people. And this unknown man named Simeon was one of the first to proclaim it. Well, let's talk about some application before we wrap up, all right? Some next steps. Here's the first one. I will embrace God's call in my life to fill in the blank, please. Whatever God's spirit is been saying to you tonight, just jot it down as a reminder to yourself because 
we would do well to contemplate how God is speaking to us, how God is calling each of us this Christmas season. Maybe he's calling you to prepare, like Zechariah. Maybe like Zechariah, you need to be silent. You need to talk a little less. You need to text a little less, or you need to post a little less often and listen a little more often to God, a calling to prepare. Or maybe your calling is to trust God. Even when the facts don't completely make sense to you, to surrender to God like Mary did, to say, yes, God, I am your servant. Maybe your calling is to protect someone, to be willing to set aside your own plans as Joseph did and to have the courage to follow God's plan in your life, whatever he lays that out to be, even if it means misunderstanding and persecution. Or maybe like the shepherds, God is calling you to respond, to believe the good news, to respond to it in faith, and then to share it with others. Whatever you sense God's saying to you this Christmas, this is a great time to embrace God's call in your life in faith and obedience. That's the first application point. Here's next step number two. I will accept the seasons of waiting in my life. You see, I believe that all of us have seasons like that in our lives, just like Simeon did. Maybe not as long, maybe not just the same, but Simeon knew all about waiting, and he's an example for us. Just like so many other men and women of faith throughout the centuries, Simeon believed that he would see the Messiah like God had told him, and he demonstrated his faith in his faithful waiting. If you find yourself today in a season of waiting like that, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to seek God with all of your heart and understand that the waiting is one of the ways that God calls us to enter into his blessed plans for us. I will accept the seasons of waiting in my life. And then third, I will welcome God's salvation. I will welcome God's salvation through faith in Jesus. When Simeon took the baby into his arms, he said, Lord, I'm ready to go home now. I can die in peace. Friend, no one is ready to die until they have seen Jesus through eyes of faith. You're not ready to die until you have seen him and you've trusted him for the forgiveness of your sin. Maybe uh, you've been watching some Christmas movies in, over the last days and weeks. One of the things I've noticed this year especially is that how often Christmas movies have some sort of Christmas miracle involved in them. Have you noticed that? Listen, the real Christmas miracle is that God would send his son for us to be the savior of the world and that he moves in our hearts to welcome him in and to trust him as our savior. And so I'd ask you tonight, have you welcomed him into your life? Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your sins? Have you come to that place where you are in a relationship with God through, through Christ? It's Christmas. I'm simply asking, do you know him? Do you know the Son of God? Have you repented of your sin and welcomed him as your Savior? As we close in prayer now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that as uh, receiving Christ as your Savior, if that's your desire. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this amazing record of Simeon meeting Jesus there in the temple. 
And God, we thank you as we reflect on uh, Christmas season that, that you would send Jesus, your son, to become the sacrifice for our sins, to die in our place. Thank you that when you could have written us off, instead you chose to rescue us and send a solution. Thank you for, for sending Jesus to save us and to give us life eternal. And Father, my prayer is that you would work a miracle in each one of our hearts, that we might welcome Christ by faith, and that we might share him with others you've placed in our lives. Friends, if, if that's your heart's desire to receive Christ tonight, I offer this prayer of invitation as well. You can just pray silently in your heart of hearts something like this to God. Say, say Father, I confess that I have sinned against you and need your forgiveness. And tonight I, I admit that I can't earn that forgiveness by being spiritual or by trying to do good things. But I understand I can receive it by simple faith in Jesus in his death and resurrection for me. So tonight I welcome Jesus into my life. I turn from my sin and receive your forgiveness through him. Father, we thank you for that amazing gift. We thank you that the promise of Messiah was not just to Simeon, but he is to us as well, and that he is coming again. And until that day, God, help us to be your faithful witnesses to others. We thank you for that precious gift in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen.